Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Okay, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick. Today we are going to talk about the key games in the NFC. We'll talk Falcons, Saints, Bucks, Panthers to decide the NFC South, Vikings, Lions, Bears, Packers, uh, and then close out with our best bets. But let's start, Drew, by talking about uh, one of the stranger awards markets and the one that's been in the most flux. A couple of them have been in flux, but Defensive Rookie of the Year, where for much of the past month, Jalen Carter has been minus 20,000, which has always seemed completely ridiculous. But at the same time, there wasn't an individual candidate that you could point to as being the guy who could potentially unseat him. And then over the weekend, two guys emerged uh, in Kobe Turner and Will Anderson. And Will Anderson, who was 30 to 1 last week, if you told me that Will Anderson was going to play 12 snaps on the weekend, I would have told you that 30 to 1 was poison. But he somehow (laughs) got two sacks in those 12 snaps and wrecked the game. And now he is right in the discussion. Kobe Turner, who... I don't think many people knew of his existence four weeks ago. He statistically, in the counting stats, leads Carter across the board. And with this Eagles defense collapsing, with Carter kind of not doing that much over the past month, six weeks, Mm -hmm. uh, we are in total flux now. I mean, these prices are just all over the place. Uh, You see one spot, Jalen Carter's minus 225, Will Anderson plus 220. 25 and Kobe Turner is uh, plus 600 and, and their ends, your realistic list of candidates. Mike Sando in The Athletic, uh, we're recording on Thursday. He said this morning in his article that he would he's leaning towards Kobe Turner 1, Will Anderson 2, three. Aaron Schatz yesterday on VEASAN, he said that uh, he expected Jalen Carter would win and he saw Will Anderson as – yeah, he didn't say this as much, but he kind of implied that uh, Will Anderson was the contender. Uh, what do you make of this market? Well, uh, I mean, Jalen Carter, uh, uh, he almost caught that uh, spike, intercepted. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Has he done anything else since week five? It hasn't really felt like it. Uh, and honestly, the implosion of the uh, Eagles defense is dragging his case down because it's very tough to in, you know evaluate individual defensive contributions. Uh, it is you know gravitates towards the splash plays, um, the you know the truly disruptive chaos plays uh, for defensive player of the year. Uh, we've known this for a while. Um, you have to be like a truly outstanding uh, secondary player to be able to crack through that market. Um, and you know for the most part, it's you know it, it's it's an award. At least defensive player of the year is an award that goes to the guy that we already kind of knew was the best player on defense in the NFL. Well. 
you don't get to really understand who the best player on defense on the defense on the uh, of the rookies are based on one season's worth of play. Um, and I certainly don't have a strong conviction that Carter is going to be the best of these guys at all. Um, and you know he benefited from positive game state and being on a very strong unit early in his tenure with Philly, and that's why he ran out to that lead. I would say he is very vulnerable right now, uh, and I do think um, among between Kobe Turner. And uh, Will Anderson, Will Anderson is 100% the contender. I don't think Kobe Turner has a realistic chance. I'm I'm a member of the Ramley J. I had to Google what team does Kobe Turner play for, <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, he's a Ram. Oh, cool. Uh, and that's not to say that like I haven't known that the Rams like have had some very you know strong hits on the defensive side of the ball with their draft. Like he's just he's not a known quantity. Will Anderson is a known quantity. He was a guy that was bantied about as you know, second overall pick in the draft, uh, you know, his t- first defensive player. It was, you know, pretty clear uh, right after he declared he was going. Uh, he was number one in the market for a first defensive player drafted. Um, and, uh, you know, so just in general, he has a lot of uh, name brand recognition, you know, so it's, it's, a, it's an easier jump to make from, oh, well, Carter hasn't really done much. You look at his stats, it's very unimpressive in terms of counting stats. Uh, and, you know, you look at his grades and yes, okay, he is still he's playing well. Like, but I don't know how many people really rely on PFF grades or things like that for award decision making. Um, and so I think there is definitely a chance with Will Anderson going up against a beleaguered uh, offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts in his first primetime game of the season. Uh, I had to do a double take when I saw that today. I was like, wait, the Texans really were in the one o'clock slot every single week. They were, they were. So this is the first time for all of these Texans to get a little bit of national recognition. Uh, And I think, again, if he can take down Gardner Minshew at least once in this game, uh, that's probably opportunity to steal. Uh, if he has a multi-sack game, I think it might be over. Um, so I don't hate Will Anderson at all in that market. And uh, I don't think that, you know, I, I don't think that's an entirely outside chance that even if he does not so, show up on the stat sheet, if the Texans win that game, uh, he might get the award. So it's it's a, it's a tricky one. Um, certainly, we have a lot of precedent of a rookie offensive and defensive player on the same team both getting the reward in the same year as it happened last year. So I don't think there's really any kind of sharing or, you know, spreading of, um, you know, credit really. Uh, so it's, it's, a. Uh, uh, it's definitely live to happen. And, uh, you know, the circumstances that are set up here for week 18, I think are making that especially likely. Yeah. Ultimately, I think with Kobe Turner, who he is like the ultimate guy that, people who bet on him can point to all these reasons why he should win, but it's going to be very hard for him just to get over the fact that like Aaron charts, he, he is, he would think about his ballot and give as much consideration to his ballot as anyone in the NFL. And he follows the NFL extremely closely and he could barely remember Kobe Turner's name. And I think that is an issue is that just a lot of the voters don't know who this guy is. Like they wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup. I'm sure that not every voter could tell you what team that he plays for. And I would say that defensive rookie of the year, at least this season, is probably the award that people have given the least thought just because it hasn't been a compelling race all season. Like Devin Witherspoon tailed off. Uh, Will Anderson got hurt and missed a couple of weeks. And Jalen Carter has just been entrenched as the guy, I just think there's a ton of Malcolm Brogdon's six man of the year about Jalen Carter just kind of being a lazy default choice, even though people haven't realized that actually these other guys have 
have come <laughs> from nowhere because it's just not it's not a prestigious race. We're talking right. about guys who have single digit sacks and guys who have missed time. And we're talking about Will Anderson being the threat. Like Will Anderson has seven sacks on the season as an edge rusher. Now his underlying stats are uh, much better than what his sack total would suggest in terms of I think he's third in the NFL in pass rush win rate behind Garrett and Parsons. Uh, all three of these guys have similar and excellent PFF grades, but ultimately the way I think this award breaks down is that I think that Will Anderson, if he has a moment in a win over the Colts, and what I would say a moment is is even if he just has one sack, one moment, if he has a giant tackle for loss, or if he just if he wrecks the game and doesn't get a sack, if he has like eight pressures, I think if just if he plays really well in a win, or he play or he gets multiple sacks in a loss, I think he will win the award because everyone's going to be watching this game, and no one I don't think feels great about Jalen Carter. So I think that if Anderson does that, I think he will win. If he doesn't, I think Carter is still your default choice just because he's been entrenched for so long and that is a name that people can just etch into their ballots and and move on to the next award, which perhaps requires more thought for them. So the way I would price this market at the moment, I would say that it's like 55% Carter, 35% Will Anderson and then 10% Kobe Turner. Where if he goes, if he has like one and a half sacks and he's got 11 sacks, then Anderson is at seven and Carter's at six, I think. Then at that point, he might get enough votes. But okay. so that's what? So that's <laughs> like minus. Let me try to convince five. you. Uh, let me try to convince you to put a line through Carter or through uh, Kobe Turner. Sure. Aaron Donald's not playing. True, that's not ideal. And it's also, <laughs> it's largely a meaningless game as well. Yeah. Where even if he does go off like if uh, if Kobe Turner gets two sacks in the forest, uh, does yeah. anyone hear the tree falling over? Uh, yeah. so, I, 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 I'll go a step further. Aaron Donald's not playing. Kobe Turner's not getting a sack. Yeah, no, potentially. I mean, it's like, it's kind of a fake game with Carson Wentz <laughs> playing quarterback, so maybe sure. he can just get a sack by chance. But no, sure. I, I agree with you. And I think that, I think the reason that Will Anderson is interesting is I think Anderson is going to be second on a ton of ballots. Like he was That's second on Mike Sando's ballot um, today. He will be second for Aaron Schatz. And those guys had um, <laughs> Turner and Carter as their first place votes. And I think Will Anderson will definitely get some first place votes. So I think for people who have who really look at the stats, I think Carter will fall to three for some of them. Uh, and yeah. I think the Turner is going to be three, you know, the majority of the time just because he doesn't have the recognition. So okay. uh, I think if you can find like plus 275 on Will Anderson, I think there's still some of that out there. I think that is a decent bet. I agree with that. I'm, I'm actually closer to 50-50 on this market because okay. I think they're – because just because the paths – because, again, like I see Carter as the clear leader. I see Will Anderson in pole position. Yep. And they yep. both are anchored as guys that you would like, because a lot of there's some voters, the ones that aren't as vocal, the ones that aren't doing media, they're not writing columns. Like some, like sometimes their thought processes, are we going to give a guy an award that we don't think has a chance to become a hall of famer? You know, like there's some of that, like, uh, like, you know, anchoring to believing that a guy is going to ultimately be an impactful player for years so that your vote that you gave him doesn't look silly in hindsight. Like there's there's weird stuff like that that goes through the minds of some of this voting block. Um, and so I think there are some people that are probably literally like, well, it's Carter or Anderson. Let's see what you do this week. And yeah. uh, the fact that he's in prime time, the fact that uh, I 
well, I, you know, I'm, I'm biased because I think it's going to be a lower scoring game, which means if it's a lower scoring game, if it's tightly contested and the Texans win, I don't even think he has to show up on the stat sheet. He might be able to flip him. Uh, if he does show up on the stat sheet, then I think we're then now we're cooking. Um, and so I think there's there's just there's a lot of scope for him to flip. Uh, and I think uh, it's a decent bet on Anderson right now. Yep. He certainly has the most opportunity to improve his case relative to the other two, just because he's playing in the only game that anyone is going to be paying that much attention to. All right, let's jump to a game that eh, some people might be paying attention to. It does have stakes uh, in theory. Uh, the stakes may be removed if the Bucks win, but Falcons at Saints, the line is minus three. The total is 42. These teams are largely pretty healthy outside of Alvin Kamara. Uh, A.T. Perry was did not practice today uh, for those who care about such things. Mm. Uh, I was kind of stunned by how good the Saints looked against Tampa Bay, someone who uh, very much wanted Tampa Bay to win that game. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see Juwan Johnson turning into 2009 Antonio Gates. I didn't see the Saints defense, which has kind of been blah lately, turning back into the unit that – you know, it was for an early stretch in the season that was uh, not dominant, but very good. Bucks couldn't do anything on the ground. They couldn't really do anything in the air until late in the second half. Uh, do you think the Saints should be more heavily favored here? Uh, I do. Um, and part of that reasoning is I'm I'm very out on Taylor Heineke, and it seems like they're going to play him in this game through injury. Um so yeah, I think this the Saints are past. It's juicy minus one hundred twenty. Um, I also think uh, you know there's a there's a little bit of a, um, uh, incentive structure to think about in this game, which is if there is a meaningful deficit here for the Falcons, like now their decision making turns very aggressive, right? Falcons are in you know their their backs are against so so is the Saints obviously like both of these teams are backs against the wall. Uh, which makes the likelihood of a comeback, I think, a little bit smaller because you have to start taking risks earlier. You have to start going for fourth, fourth downs earlier. Uh, there's a lot less of a, hey, we can kind of you know punt and see if we can get close and you know hopefully things break our way. It, there's uh, there's there's just more volatility and end of game state here, uh, and so I don't uh, mind laying three and a half instead of a minus three minus one twenty price for the Saints in this game. Um, I will say that uh, the emergence of Johnson at tight end has been a revelation for Derek Carr. I didn't see this coming even, you know, would never have guessed. Um, But it has unlocked a lot of the Saints offense and the Saints uh, fell into, I thought, a very predictable and very minus EV, um, you know, kind of trend of starting games with a lot of Alvin Kamara targets that were useless and they were conceding downs at a rate that was pretty aggressive. And his absence has kind of been a plus for them uh, because, number one, it has introduced more tendency breakers, uh, more aggressive passing. They have the weapons to make that happen. Um, and so I think the Saints are definitely still alive to uh, to win this game. And I don't really have a good sense of the state of the Carolina Panthers right now. They burned me so badly last week with, uh, you know, the fact that the kicker got hurt and then. You know, they're oh, well. This game means nothing to us. We'll just you know drive, drive, drive until it's punt or downs. Like it, I, I don't know that they're going to compete against the Buccaneers, but that Buccaneers performance was um, you know was definitely underwhelming, uh, and it had a lot to do with how well the Saints played. So uh, I don't think the Saints deserve a playoff spot in any shape, way, or way, shape, or form. But uh, I definitely could see them beating a Falcons team that uh, you know definitely plays better at home than on the road. 
uh, is dealing with a number of meaningful injuries, uh, and the Saints happen to be playing better offense right now because of the absence of Kamara. So um, I think there's signal there to, to look for New Orleans. Yep, let's move to that Bucks game against the Panthers. The Bucks are four-and-a-half-point favorites. This has come down from five-and-a-half off of the news that Baker Mayfield uh, on Wednesday was DMP. He practiced Thursday, but if you watch the video, it wasn't super encouraging. Uh, he was, I mean, he was running around. He was moving okay, but he wasn't throwing more than like 10, 15 yards in practice. Now, does that mean that he's not going to play or going to be severely limited? Perhaps not. Perhaps they're just easing him into the week and he'll maybe do a bit more on Friday. Maybe he'll be fine. But that is certainly a concern. Uh, Otherwise, on the injury front, they got some good news where Tristan Wirfs, who was DMP Wednesday, looks like he is going to play. Carlton Davis expected back as well. So they're fairly healthy outside of potentially Mayfield. Uh, The Panthers look like they'll have pretty much everyone good to go. Uh, What do you make of this one? Everyone good to go except kicker Eddie Pinero. Sure. <laughs> and uh, honestly, like I, it, I don't know what the Panthers are trying to do here. Um, they may have be just resigned to scouting the thirty third pick in the draft at this point. Like I, I don't understand uh, why you didn't get a more live effort from them last week. Uh, and uh, I know that there are some sharp folks who have snapped up the bigger points here, uh, five five and a halfs, and it's down to four and a half. Partially on the Baker news, but partially some people believe in the Panthers showing up and giving at least a, some effort for the home fans. Um, and maybe that happens. I mean, Bryce Young has put together a couple of performances down the stretch, which look like he wasn't a complete and total loss at uh, 1.1 last year. But um, he definitely uh, needs more, needs better protection. The protection last week was so phenomenally poor uh and uh particularly because they were in third and forever a lot uh and you know the the pass rush was you know live so it was uh it was pretty pretty quick and and uh pricking quick and painless death a lot of the times for those panthers drives um but he is you know he is operating better at the quarterback position so i will give him some scope to be able to come up with a cover here and i think uh realistically they're kind of in the same boat where they're not really playing for a cover. So if you're going to play Panthers, you might as well get involved with the money line. And if you're getting involved with the money line, you might as well parlay that with the Saints to win and or just take some Saints at, what, three to one right now to win the South? Because it's not crazy. These teams are all quite bad. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't think realistically, you know, you can expect that uh, uh, Tampa Bay with a, a an injured uh, Baker Mayfield uh, is going to be able to light up the scoreboard on a Panthers D that is... Well coordinated, I guess. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm looking for anything positive they to say talent. about this squad. They have talent. Like they, hey, hey, they held they held CJ Beathard to field goals, not touchdowns, in the first half <laughs> yeah. of that game. Um, so yeah, it's a it's 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 a tough read right now on what Carolina is. But the fact that they're at home, the fact that it's been such a tough season, and uh, you can expect at least some sort of like uh, last gasp effort out of this crew, which is locked into the one seed. Then um, you know, I don't think it's crazy to expect that there could be chaos here. Yeah, I get kind of a as someone who needs the Bucks in this game for some division bets. I get a sort of week eighteen indie going into Jacksonville a couple of years ago. Carson Wentz, sixteen and a half point favorite, lays an egg against the opposing uh, quarterback, who's the number one pick, who's let down all season, then just turns into God for an afternoon. Fully expecting Bryce Young to deliver that. I will say, I think that just a lot depends on like what does Baker look like at practice tomorrow. 
Because if he's unleashing 50-yard bombs in practice, I feel pretty good about the Bucs. If he's his wide receiver today in practice was Kyle Trask. That's who he's throwing passes to. He's throwing 10-yard dump-offs to Kyle Trask. So if he's not doing anything more, that would be a bit more concerned. I think it's good for Tampa Bay that Shaquille Barrett has been practicing in full. So it looks like he's full go after he missed the Saints game because they don't have anyone else as a pass rusher. Their number one yeah. pass rusher against the Saints with Shaq Barrett out was my man Yaya Diaby, um, who I believe uh, took a break from uh, playing defensive midfield in front of Santi Cazola. Um, so he... <laughs> the fact Another Barrett, defensive uh, rookie of the year candidate, man. Nah, yeah, I know. He's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Peter Schrager's done a really good job of kind of triggering this market uh, by oh, anointing sure. uh, Yaya Diaby and then uh, then Kobe Turner. But uh, I think that if Baker is good to go, the Bucks they should cover. But I am very nervous um, because this is this feels like the type of game for Baker Mayfield's legacy that he would blow uh, going down to the two fourteen Panthers who released him last year. All right, before we get to Vikings Lions, bragging rights in the AFC East and playoff positioning is on the line. Drew, when Josh Allen and the Bills travel to South Beach for a battle with Tyree Kill and the Dolphins, with the winner claiming home field advantage in the postseason next weekend. Coverage of the Week 18 matchup begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. A very week 18-y game and line movement in Vikings at Lions. Right now the line is Detroit minus three and a half. The total is 45 and a half. Uh, it was the line was five and a half for a time when Dan Campbell came out uh, a couple of days ago and said that Detroit would be playing to win and not resting anyone. Uh, the line has since bumped down. Uh, news is out that Nick Mullins will be the starter. Kevin O'Connell continues uh, his journey around starting quarterbacks this season. Uh, do you think the Lions should be more heavily favored here? Three and a half. To me is right. Uh, and it is worth noting that um, if you're a little bit asleep at the wheel, as uh, people were kind of synthesizing, you know, what was going on with Minnesota uh, heading into this week and the fact that the Lions are going to basically, you know, play through that play through this, even though it doesn't mean a ton. Um, you miss threes. Uh, this has come off the key number of three for correct reasons, I think. 
Um, and outside of Jamison Williams, who's not going to go, you're uh, basically at full strength for the Lions. Uh, the Lions' pass protection is still amazing. Um, that should be able to, we saw it recently, neutralize the pass rush of the Vikings to the tune of the Lions on the road, being able to um, basically pick their number. Um, and the fact that now they're at home, you have you know the support of the home crowd, uh, particularly uh, on the heels of uh, you know the injustice that was the end of the Cowboys game. I think there's going to be a pretty awesome vibe uh, in Detroit. So uh, Vikings uh, are probably drawing dead. I don't really know what uh, you know Kevin O'Connell does say to this group to get them fired up for this game. Uh, they can't really play spoiler. Um, Nick Mullins isn't the guy, <clears throat> and. Uh, I think this could get uh, pretty ugly. So uh, I don't mind at this point. Now that it is three and a half, shoot for smalts, six and a half, nine and a half. Like this, this could be a game that's pretty clearly uh, not in the balance uh, as you get towards the end. And uh, in that same sort of sentiment, um, if you're, you know, if you have access to live player props, things like that. Uh, if this is comfortably, you know, in hand for the Lions as you are in the third quarter, Jared Goff passing yards under is probably going to be priced incorrectly, uh, and uh, some of the running back, uh, you know, props maybe maybe uh, carries are a little bit too low because uh, this is has one of those games where if it's clearly in hand in the first half, the second half under is probably going to be twenty ish and should be something like fourteen ish. So I'm going to be circling this one, looking for a second half under. Yep, no, that's fair. I will get more to this game in our next segment, but Vikings injury report today wasn't good. Brian O'Neill didn't practice. Christian Darasaw didn't practice. Byron Murphy, Kai Blackman, like they are down uh, significant bodies and also like they do have something to play for technically, but they have about a 5% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, So I don't think that... Uh, and they may well be find out that they have nothing to play for before the end of the game Uh, but I'll get more on this game in our next segment but let's go to Bears Packers Packers minus 3 at home the total is 44 if the Packers win they will be in the playoffs uh, likely as a 6 seed should the Rams lose totals actually climbed up to 45 now Uh, do you think the Bears warrant being 3 point dogs in this one? My gut reaction looking at this market was Packers or pass. Um, I've since heard some very compelling reasons why the Bears are live. Uh, so I've cooled on really kind of um, getting involved in the side here. I did play over 44. So I got a nice little market uh, market bump today saying, yeah, oh, yeah, that was actually a good bet. I haven't had many of those lately, so that was nice. Um, and I think ultimately the Packers offense is kind of the key here uh, as far as covering, as far as winning, um, because the Packers defense is suspect is that putting it too kindly i don't really know exactly how to define the packers defense right now but um you know the bears and and fields and and company are playing well right now dj Moore is a problem in terms of coverage uh and i think um you know you have a decent matchup against the packers uh defense particularly their past defense which can you know somehow some way is was supposed to be the strength of this team and just can be has been gashed at times in the back half of the season so um bears defense is uh has been amazing really this whole year but particularly since week five uh and that has come largely through the strength of their run defense uh the front four is playing well linebacking court level is playing very well in run fit um and in games where jalen johnson was available 
the pass defense played well too. Uh, Jalen Johnson got hurt last game, and I had kind of suspected because of his contract situation that he was going to call his own number and sit this one out. But even though he's missing practice, he's on the record as I'm going to play 100%. Um, so that's got me scratching my head a little bit because I don't exactly know why you put yourself in harm's way at this point. But he's a team player. So apparently he wants to be in Chicago. He likes this group. He expects to get compensated, I suppose. Maybe they have an already a- agreement in principle as soon as they're allowed to, to sign on the dotted line. But whatever the case is, um, uh, there are other ways to attack the secondary for the Bears. And I think um, <clears throat> Matt LaFleur is uh, cooking right now. His uh, in his specific game planning for opponent strengths, you know, trying to pick on your opponent strengths and weaknesses is is very apparent. Uh, and uh, I think ultimately uh, Jordan Love and company at home with the pass protection that's afforded by that offensive line are going to be able to score score points here. Uh, and then it, you know the cover kind of comes down to do the Bears get to twenty one or do they get to twenty eight? Because that's kind of where the uh, at least where my model is t- sort of telling me the inflection points are here. Because I doubt there's going to be many field goals in this game. I think uh, Bears probably play with a little bit of aggressiveness in the red zone, uh, and uh, ultimately, I think this is uh, you know hopefully not the overs not spoiled by fourth and goals not coming through, but we'll see. Indeed. I looked more into the Jalen Johnson stuff and it's been reported that, yeah, he intends to play, but his actual quote was, uh, my shoulders, effectively, my shoulder's okay, but it's been better and I'm going to try and play. So I don't know if someone is going to maybe get in his ear before Sunday and be like, maybe just sit this one out (laughs) because why you need to play if you've got a bad shoulder and with his contract situation and everything. So, I mean, that is a material um, impact because he's, I mean, arguably the best cornerback in the NFL, at least has played like it. So his absence would be significant. Uh, and yeah, I do think that this game, I think that it's a rational movement going up from 44 to 45, just with how much the Packers defense has struggled and the potential absence of Jalen Johnson and the way that the Packers have, they've had such a strange season where they seem to have the, the biggest gap between their best and their worst when you think about how amazing they looked against Detroit and Kansas City and against Minnesota last weekend. And then you think about just how hopelessly abominable they looked against the first time they played the Vikings or when they played uh, Tommy Cutlets and got lit up by him or when they got completely eviscerated to the tune of a perfect passer rating by Baker Mayfield. So, uh, yeah. I think this line is correct. I wouldn't have any point on it. <clears throat> I'm going to throw two considerations at you for more variable than uh, the Packers. We'll sure. go with the Dolphins, who won 70 to 20 and then lost 59 yeah. to 0 or whatever it was last week. I know it wasn't that bad of a loss, but it was not competitive. Yeah. Uh, and then the Cowboys, who, um, and I think it, was, it wasn't in back to back weeks that they won like 40 to nothing and then lost to the Niners. 40 to nothing <laughs> there's there's been the cowboys and the dolphins have had some weird uh weird out you know like their distribution of performances have been uh quite wide but i agree with you the packers uh packers are kind of they're they're the wild cards but hey guess what that's what you get when you put together an offense where the oldest player is 24 besides yeah. you know uh you know aaron jones yeah that uh, makes sense all right before we get to our best bets a national champion will be crowned monday night so to get you ready for Michigan and Washington, Vaughn Dalzell, Brad Thomas, and Eric Froton are back with one more Q&A on our NBC Sports YouTube page. Join the guys at 1 p.m. as they break down player props, live betting strategies, and much more. Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? 
With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Best bets for week 18. I'm going with the fighting kneecaps, the Detroit Lions, three mm. and a half point favorites over the Vikings. And my thought here is just that one, I don't think this is a very stable market at the moment, going from three and a half to five and a half to three and a half. And I just think that the market is perhaps pricing in rational thought and what teams normally do in this spot in terms of playing their guys and not resting guys, given that Detroit only has something to play for if the commanders win as a two-touchdown underdog to Dallas, I believe. So, I mean, they effectively don't have anything to play for. So... The Lions, they should rest some of their guys, but I just don't think they're going to. I think the Campbell, after that Dallas game, I think he's going to go all out. I think he's going to treat this as a near playoff game to get a 12th win, to uh, effectively commemorate one of the great seasons in Detroit Lions history, to wash away that Dallas performance, to head into the playoffs with momentum. I think this is Campbell's brand. I think that he's going to go all out, and I think that Nick Mullins is drawing dead on the other side. So give me the Lions minus 3.5. To your point about the alternates, yeah, minus 6.5, minus 9.5, price dependent as well. If you can shop around for the best price there, that might be worth your time as well. What's your best bet? We're going with Bill Belichick, Jay. Uh, I'm sure you've seen some of the uh, news circulating. It uh, To me, at least, the writing is on the wall. This is his final uh, head coaching stint. Uh, as a New England Patriot, I uh, will remember his tenure in New England fondly. Uh, and I think uh, he is pretty clearly still has the locker room. They played very hard for him down the stretch. Um, the, uh, you know, the hard, there was a hard fought loss against the Buffalo Bills despite the turnovers. Um, it seems like pretty much everybody's good to go. They want to send off Matthew Slater uh, in this game as well with, a, with a, 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 an, an impassioned performance. Um, the weather looks absolutely atrocious. We're going to get like 25 mile an hour winds here uh, and, uh, you know, sleet and wintry mix. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, uh, quintessential Belichick weather. Um, and ultimately, uh, the fact that it's against the Jets, the fact that the Jets are they have a lot of players that I think are live for making business decisions. Um, I felt that way when I was watching the Browns game. It feels like there's a lot of Jets who are kind of dealing with like, well, I may not be here next year, or if I am here next year, I, I'm going to need another contract. I don't want to get hurt, uh, you know, and, and before we get to that point. So uh, tough for me to see how Robert Sala gets that group motivated to go into uh, New England and, uh, and put together an all-time performance. And honestly, this Belichick, being kind of at the uh, end stages here, but still kind of talking to the media like, hey, we're prepared for every game like it's any other game. Like he's going to have a good game plan to stop Trevor Simeon. Uh, Trevor Simeon was awful last week. 
Uh, Trevor Simeon's not a good quarterback. He's a quarterback you can game plan against, particularly when he's being protected by an offensive line of, you know, effectively rogue free agents. So um, this is a, a pretty, uh, you know, pretty weak reason to bet on the game, surely. Uh, the Patriots are terrible. Bailey Zappi is a walking turnover, uh, but he is better at home than he is on the road, certainly. And the pass protection has been a bit better. Uh, and I think ultimately this is uh, an opportunity for the Patriots in general to have a pretty uh, uh, emotional send-off for, uh, for Belichick. So I'll lay the points with the Patriots. Yeah, I like that. I think you learned all you needed to about the Jets and their investment at the moment on that Jerome Ford touchdown pass yeah. run where he should have been brought down four different times uh, and they just let – yeah, a Cleveland team that doesn't have any tackles and has Joe Flacco, a quarterback, and no Amari Cooper score. What were they score? 31 in the first half? It was just yeah. a complete joke uh, after the Jets also effectively lay down against the Commanders too, after they lay down against the Dolphins without Tyreek Hill. So uh, I agree with you. Trevor Simeon can't throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. And this Patriots defense just made Josh Allen look really bad. Yep. Uh, so I'm with you there. All right, we are done. A reminder that people can go back through the podcast feed or on the YouTube channel to check out our other breakdowns of games this week. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Please rate and subscribe if you're listening to us as a podcast. And a reminder also that you can find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports from Jake Croucher and Drew Dinsick. Good luck this weekend. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC.